Hey folks, welcome to Atlanta on Fire, a podcast where we'll be talking all things about Atlanta United. Buckle up and welcome aboard. Hello, everybody. This is ATL on Fire. This is your host, Mike Dobbs, and I am joined by my co-host, David Katz. Hello, everybody. I'm the sidekick. Yeah, so we uh, decided to uh, kick off a podcast with very little knowledge of how to do a podcast or very little knowledge about uh, MLS. A little bit of knowledge about the team, like most of you, and uh, we're just going to run with this. What do you think, Dave? We know a lot about soccer. We know a fair amount about Atlanta United. We know a little bit about MLS in general, but we're going to talk about it all. <laughs> yeah, so we got a good uh, good setup here in the in the man cave with a little fire going. So thus the name uh, to kick back, have some adult spirits, and uh, interview a few fans along the way. Uh, we yeah, you would think that we would be uh, drinking some beer, but instead we're by a fire drinking wine. I know you can't see that because it's a podcast, but yeah, that's if we what ever we're get doing. sophisticated enough to figure out how to <laughs> vlog this, it'll end up on uh, YouTube. But uh, I'm just taking it one step at a time here with my technical capabilities. Well done. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just to introduce uh, our first guest and friend, Kevin Sullivan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. And um, I like the format of not knowing much about Atlanta uh, United because it lends itself to paranoia and conspiracy theories, which I happen to love. <laughs> and, uh, you guys can speak for yourself on the wine front. I've got a high-gravity beer here. Okay. Yeah, we're enjoying some nice Cabernet that, uh, <laughs> that Dave brought over. I don't know. This is fancy stuff. Oberon? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Oberon. It's a Napa Valley Cabernet. Well played. Uh, yeah, I'm liking this. So, a lot happening in the uh, in the aftermath of an awesome MLS Cup win. Atlanta finally freaking wins something. How about Super that? Super awesome. And I remembered most of the game. <laughs> yeah. I remembered the goals. I don't remember the end too much. Yeah, yeah that, w- that was a, a very foggy... <laughs> Euphoria from very beginning to the very end, and then the the walk out into the rain was kind of uh, a slap in the face. But yeah, the rain the, the rain didn't bother me one iota. I was so freaking happy. My <laughs> credit card bill um, <laughs> from Mercedes Benz Stadium bothered me though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know thank- how I managed to drink like over a hundred dollars worth of beer. And That's difficult to do minutes. at Mercedes Benz because uh, you know the prices are really excellent. So, you know, well done, Kevin. That is true. I think you may have had some support. Um, The I was pouring it somewhere. (laughs) You may not have been alone. It might have been the co-host. But as a tortured uh, Atlanta fan, uh, Kevin, I know you and I are Falcons, Atlanta, diehards too. Uh, You know, after I don't know how many years it's been, it was pretty amazing to actually realize what being a winner is all about, especially as an adult. I mean, I think when the Braves won in... 95 i was uh, still like a, in high school so yeah and after that um infamous sunday where we might have blown a 25 point lead at halftime maybe allegedly <laughs> allegedly it was particularly sweet yeah 
I was just happy that we could forget that we were in Atlanta for one day. And actually, what I felt like, we somewhat coasted through that game. Yeah. Against uh, Portland. Yeah, I think we were we were pretty much in charge from the beginning. I mean, it took us a little while to break through, but um, they seemed like they had it under control from, from the very beginning. Agreed, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, looking back at the replay, Portland certainly had their opportunities um, that were legit, but... For whatever reason, just watching it felt like we were just in control, even even though the replay showed some legit chances. Yeah, even when they had the ball down on our end, like they didn't really have too many shots. Like I think the shot totals were ridiculously low. Yeah, and um, yeah, I like like following stories where I know it's a happy ending, so I can <laughs> watch that game again. Yeah, you read I the end of the that. book first. Yeah, I read the end first. Like okay. I can't watch that Super Bowl, but. I can watch the Atlanta United all day long, that championship. And you're right, they only had maybe two or three chances the whole game. Yeah. Um, Atlanta did a great job of neutralizing them. The worst one was right after we scored, yeah. where the guy had the, the clean header. Yeah. And yeah. on saved it. I mean, it wasn't a great save, but yeah. he was in the right position. And oh, I think it was a pretty been. great save, actually. Yeah. I think it had a legit chance to score on that one. I mean, I think oh, Guzan. Yeah. As he did sort of all season, he had that key moment, and that's sort of his specialty, you know, solid, 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 and then an occasional moment, which is really, you know, why you bring in a goalkeeper of that caliber. You might say, look, and a lot of people argue in the MLS, right, the average goalkeeper is pretty good, and there's not a lot of value above the average goalkeeper for getting someone, but Guzan, I think, makes the case for Atlanta United, that save... Those moments probably, you know, justifies it. Totally. I think the Portland striker, though, if he's watching that again, would hope that he did better with that. <laughs> I mean, it's a little too close to he's on. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it was a, it was a good save. It, it wasn't Valeri, was it? right was good. Was it um, Valeri? No. I don't know. I don't think it was. I think if it was, he'd probably put him back yeah. in the back of the net. It was not Valeri. Yeah, no, no. no. So, MLS Cup over... New chapter, 2019. Um, Wait, I'm going to interrupt you. Let's just keep yeah. talking about last season the whole no time. Oh, shit, yeah. I could, too, man. Uh, we just talk about all the awesome times that we had. Gusan only gets paid like $700,000 a year. I think he needs a raise. Is that true? Yeah, I was looking at his salaries wow. today and trying to figure out... Uh, See, I, I shouldn't admit this. I was trying to like educate myself on the the salaries. Oh, see, how, now you're cheating. I know. It's, see, this is what this <laughs> well, podcast is going to do. I guess as the host, do. you have a right to do what you. Yeah, I may do a little homework now. Again. Ignorance is king on this podcast. <laughs> Damn straight, it is. That, that's our motto. <laughs> <laughs> so seven hundred thousand just seems incredibly low to me for. Yeah, I may be. I, I, hey, there's a real good chance I could be wrong because yeah, I plus, can't even <laughs> read. He came from the from the Premier League, right, where the salaries are about as high, maybe the highest anywhere. And yeah. so you would think that his salary would have, you wouldn't take a pay cut to come to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, he was with Villa, right? Yeah. And I felt like his stint with Villa almost ruined him. And he went there, he was a lot better, and he just was a, a punching bag for Villa for like three years. For our target Shot audience, practice, we, yeah. we should point out that Kevin's a goalkeeper, so yeah. he's very versed in goalkeeping <laughs> and knowledge and lore. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I've also been a goalkeeper on some really bad teams. So. <laughs> hey, you know, so I can sympathize with Guzan. If you're on a good team, you don't get to do anything. Well, he, that, you know, it's. I think as a goalkeeper, it's almost more difficult 
when you're only expected to make the one save a game, like what Guzan had yeah. to do this year, and to be on your toes and focused and make that uh, save, it yeah. says a lot about him. I think it's e- it's easier to get in a groove when you're getting shelled. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was he was definitely a leader this year. Yeah. The concentration factor is key. Like so, I was at a Premier League game a long time ago, Arsenal versus Leicester, and Casey Keller was in goal for Leicester. And Casey Keller had one of the greatest games I've ever seen. I think he made like 14 saves, something ridiculous like that. And uh, Arsenal won five or six nothing. (laughs) So, So. Kevin, since no one cares about goalkeepers, I'm going to change the topic. (laughs) Okay. Um, How about the new coach? What do you think? Frank DeBoer. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion about Frank DeBoer. I know that... um, I should just be, you know, roll with this podcast and just, you know, make up stuff and be conspiratorial and <laughs> ignorant. But I know that he did well at Ajax. He had a really rough time at Crystal Palace. Um, played for Barcelona. The credentials are there. Yeah. I'm just nervous. I and mean, you and I, you and I have had this conversation. I wanted the guy from Boca Juniors. Um, yeah. Because to keep that pipeline going. For, South uh, to South America and Argentina. Uh-huh. I thought he'd be a perfect fit, but uh, Darren Eels decided to go a different direction. And yeah. I think I, I think the pipeline to South America is going to be there from the credibility that the club's already created, regardless of the coach. And you know, uh, I think you know it may be ambitious, but the fact that there could be some younger players that you know are at least trying to figure their, out their way in the lower ranks of the Champion League in England that may end up being young to come over to the MLS and being able to have the credentials of like a Frank DeBoer. I don't know. Like now it could be coming from, you know, uh, from down South and from across the pond. I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility. It sounds like maybe we signed some, I, I thought I heard some guy from Watford or. Yeah. They just signed a, um, Dion. Yeah. Um, DP, they call him. Deion Sanders? No, it's yeah. not Deion Sanders. <laughs> Sorry, I got my Right, so like, that's an example, though, this Deion yeah. guy from... He's 19 years old. He's yeah. only made, I think, two appearances for the first team, but he's, he was supposed to be... He was, I guess, last year their club player of the year at the, you know, non... the first team, and uh, um, he was supposed to be a star. He's gotten a little bit stalled, but people say he's got a lot of talent. Yeah. He's 19, right? Yeah, 19. Yeah, so... You know, it's a lot. So uh, since we're on the top, why don't we go other signings, right? So what do we got? We've well, got. First of all, I want to point out is Frank DeBoer, right? You know, he can yell at players in both Spanish and English. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got five languages under his belt. Yeah, yeah. And if he really wants to confuse them, he could yell at them in Dutch, and then nobody will have a freaking idea what he's saying. No, Tiefes Holt. You think any of the players speak That's like Dutch? dog face in, in Dutch, I think. It's like the equivalent of bitch. Okay. Uh, this podcast is explicit, by the way, so feel free to... That's a lot of knowledge you just dropped right there. It's in for mature. Yeah. It's, it's probably I think it's not more like correct, but... Tiefes Holt. Holt. I don't know how to get that correct, I was impressed. But, yeah. Well, TJ, my roommate in college, was Dutch, oh, so right. I have TJ, a little right, bit of an insider there, I, but I only learned cuss words. Go we'll figure. need TJ to come down and translate for us. Yeah. When DeBoer goes uh, particularly off no the doubt. reservation. So who is better, Frank or Ronald, as a player? You know what I was thinking? How do we know it's even Frank? Right? That's an amazing <laughs> right? Maybe oh, What if they're splitting time? <laughs> yeah. That's, wow. That's genius. Conspiracy, again. Yeah. Conspiracy, theories about. Right? Yeah. I think we should start this. Paranoia. Uh, yeah. It yeah. all starts here. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Got to start so, somewhere. 
I think Kevin and I disagree, or uh, Dave and I disagreed on this, Kevin, uh, about what Frank DeBoer's priorities will be. Uh, there's some other great podcasts I've listened to, which kind of inspired me to uh, listen to this, um, that have talked about a number of these things. So there's, uh, I think, Mouths of the South, a, a good one, Home Before Dark. Uh, and, we're not afraid to plug other people's No, podcasts. we're not. We're not afraid to plug other it's podcasts. cross <laughs> Yeah. There's some good ones out there. I'm trying, we're trying to do our own thing here. But yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, in terms of what their priorities are as a club, uh, I was saying, and I agree with, I think the guys from Mouths of the South are saying that the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League will be one of the, one if not the top priorities of what they're going after this season. You got to be real careful with that, though. Look at what happened to Toronto this year. And they... Who's Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't that like a Canadian team? Eh? <laughs> yeah. Canadian team. What's Are they even in the MLS? Is that in North America? I was watching this thing on uh, Copa 90. is a really good channel on YouTube, by the way. If you haven't checked, they were showing like some of the rivalry between the Toronto and the Montreal. Is it Montreal team? Uh, Those guys are they're pretty into it. I was like, all right, there's some. Now that I'm learning about the MLS, it's kind of cool to see that there actually is some other lunatic fans out there. Like we're getting uh, getting. Were the Canadians like confused that they weren't playing on ice? That's probably true. Yeah, I think Kevin makes a good point. Like. you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, you know, we got this high of winning the title and we're going to go be the, the first American team to beat the Mexican teams and win the Champions League. They got but, real close. But, you know, Toronto came really close last year. But, you know, there's a huge history, not just in CONCACAF Champions League, but in European Champions League of teams that put a lot of effort into the Champions League and then just plummeted. You know, they are teams that actually got to the... Like um, Leeds, a long time ago, got to the I think the semifinals in the Champions League and then got relegated from the Premier League. So does, does Leeds start with an A? <laughs> and do they have a T and an L after that? No, they don't. So I think we can pull this shit off. I'm telling you, <laughs> Mikey Dobbs, the ultimate confidence. Yeah. So I mean, what's kind of hilarious about me doing a podcast is like you guys know how much I was like history a, doesn't matter. History doesn't matter. I was like such a naysayer on the MLS and. Really, even Atlanta United. Thank you for buy, making Sorry. me uh, or allowing me to slowly buy season tickets from you over the course of a year, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is ironic that uh, yeah, I actually believe that the club actually could do some things that make the first kind of big U.S. brand of soccer happen. We're I mean, don't get me wrong. You win the Concacaf Champions League. You get some bragging rights over Mexico. I mean, even just getting late in the competition and having a Mexican team come to Mercedes-Benz would be amazing. Um, You get to go to the Club World Championship if you win, so you potentially get a date against a European champion, you know. Check, check. um, A South American champion. You know, you could have Pity Martinez against his old Boca team. And, um, and yeah, that's winning, a River Plate team. And winning the cup again, right, is no matter what, it's going to take a little bit of luck, even if we're at the same quality level as we were last year. Like to, in, in any sport to actually hold that thing up takes a little bit of luck. I mean, the right types of situations with players' health and everything. So, yeah, and MLS made it harder. So, for God only knows what reason, they abandoned the home and home playoff series. So now all the playoff series are going to be single elimination games. Do you know this? I did not know that. They announced it over the offseason, very quiet, all hush. Like, I mean, there's one advantage to that, and that this year... Um, I don't like that. You know, what happens is there's an international break, and I don't know if you guys realize, but 
you know, right in the middle of the playoffs, there's this giant break, right? Um, and that's when, like, Martinez had to go all the way to Japan, and Al Marone, you know, was in um, somewhere in, in either in Northern yeah. Africa or in uh, so they the Middle shift, East. Shifting the yeah. playoffs up so that that goes away or what? Well, I think by doing that, they can get the whole playoff in before the international break. But, you know... What I don't like about that, though, is you have a team like Atlanta United who, for all intents and purposes, should have won the Supporter Shield. They get number one seed. Then what? So, like the NFL, they get a bye, and then maybe they play the winner of the 5-6 game or something. So, potentially, you could have some trash can team like Orlando, like, <laughs> you know, get a goal and yep. then park the bus for yep. 90 minutes and right. we lose right. to, a, to a shit can like Orlando. Yeah. You know, and... I, the single elimination you know, Orlando, thing does not make sense no. to me at all. No. It's terrible. There's a there is a history and a good logic for the whatever what do they call the aggregate? Yeah, that's the two, two it's game the system. European Champions League format, which yeah. they've been using for I mean actually that predates the Champions yeah. League for years they had those home and home ties. Yeah, right? Those fuzzy foreigners kinda know what they're doing sometimes. Yeah. 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 And then, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess, you know, the one thing that it does is it gives a huge advantage to the home field advantage but right now you could say look you get a home field advantage you still have to play home and away but you know in soccer two games is way more fair than yeah, one totally and especially with the away goal thing that makes actually a lot yeah. of sense too the way that they have that set up to yeah, encourage like uh, the, the aggressiveness of play so yep. I think it's a good system I don't know why but, you would break yeah. that with the exception of Chelsea beating Barcelona on their Champions League, run, <laughs> usually the better team will come through that yeah. Uh, yeah. that format. The rare and, exception. Yeah, and it's hard to argue against that was 180 epic. minutes. <laughs> yeah, that so was still, epic. Was uh, El Nino scoring the winning goal against Barcelona? Yeah. But, so you guys still disagree with me? CCL will not be as big of a priority as winning the cup. Well, I, you have to have depth to do yeah. both. And maybe that's what they're doing by signing Dion from Watford. And yeah, they have a lot of depth. Breck Shea. Atlanta United has Brick a lot Shea. of depth for the MLS. But <laughs> I don't, to me... Romario Williams. Even with the depth, I wouldn't prioritize the Champions League. I wouldn't blow it off either and just play all second team or something like that. But um, to me, you got to be really careful. Um I mean, Toronto, the ultimate, they played their top team in the Champions League. And then when they had MLS games, which happens, they have literally MLS games like two or three days later. Then they would play all second side and they lost big time. So they created no momentum for the season. And and something like that, I think, would be A, catastrophic. And B, I think it's it's real... uh, a big, you know, F you to the fans. They come, they pay the money in their MLS game, and now you see none of the players playing and them losing at home? Yeah. I mean, if that were to happen here in Atlanta, you could very quickly have the, you know, the 72,000 super home field advantage turn against you. What do you think is going to happen if we go through a down spell? I, I think there's a lot of people in Atlanta that would be very happy, like, and there's a lot of spankers in Atlanta be happy to see, like, <laughs> Andrew Carlton and Rodriguez and all those guys play. I mean, it's like you're too smart by half, you know. It's like, well, they're really good players, you know. They can. We don't need these other guys, you know. It's like so. 
I'm with you, Dave. I mean, I, I think Toronto was trying to. They they thought that they when they got there when they were done with that yep. their guys would come back and then they would roll through the MLS right. catch up pass get to the playoffs and then go from there yeah Vanny, and I think they underestimated how washed up Bradley and Altador and all those guys are well Vanny and said over and over and over that you know off. look once we play our stars then we'll get right back into it and all we need to do is make the playoffs and I think. A, that's not true. Like, the idea that those players are way better than the rest of the MLS is just not true. Yeah. And I think Atlanta United, you know, as good as we were, which was amazing, the idea that we're going to get ahead of ourselves and think, look, we can roll over the MLS not playing our best team, forget it. So in terms of depth, we would have thought that Almiron may have already been signed by somebody overseas at this point. Um there's a couple of rumors that are actually in the news. If you want to do some research, Dave, there is a computer there. But research? Should, What's that? Computer? Like What's that? <laughs> um, the, uh, the news of Pity Martinez arriving at Atlanta Hartsfield happened on Monday. Correct. Uh, I guess it was like 6 a.m. So he's here. He's expecting to sign some sort of papers. Were there any TSA workers to check him in there? <laughs> I don't know. Is that this? Welcome to America. <laughs> you can enter yes. without any problem. We're building a wall one yes. place, but not at the airport. Go sit over there, please. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so... When are they going to announce him? Have they announced him yet? No. no. Okay. I have not announced him yet. Um, they... Uh, are being you know they, Atlanta United has been good about keeping quiet on like same with like Frank DeBoer that seemed like it came out of left field but they seem to be negotiating in places where you're not aware and so there could be things happening with Miguel Almiron outside of the Newcastle rumors that are legit that well the, the European transfer window closes in basically a week yep right so. It can't go beyond that. I mean, yeah. Al Marone only wants to go to Europe. It's not like he's going anywhere else. So once that closes, he's staying. If he's not sold yeah. by then. Well, who's the... Uh, there was an MLS analyst that was saying that he thinks that uh, Al Marone thing, his inside take was that it's going to happen in the summer for Al Marone. Hmm. And so I don't know what that'll mean for loaning Barco or whatever, since obviously Pity's here in Atlanta. You gotta do something. You to would have to loan Barco, and I think to me it. that so you could say, look, okay, we keep Al Marone, and that gives us an advantage for the early Champions League and whatever. But the idea that you're gonna have a star player leave at mid-season leaves a bad taste in the fans' mouth. Like, who wants to have a team that's flying high with the team, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's gone in mid-season? Uh, well, that's the problem the, with the MLS in general. The, the uh, article that you forwarded today. It's shocking that Newcastle wouldn't have already done this already. Yeah. Benitez is hanging his whole tenure at Newcastle <laughs> on this deal. Yeah. And the fact that the ownership in Newcastle is just leaving twisted in the twisting in the wind like this in the middle of a relegation battle, when really it's only about two million dollars that separates the two sides. Yeah. You would think that they would already have this deal done. I yeah. think they're gonna get it done. I, I would be shocked if I they think don't get it done. Based on the tea leaves that are being thrown out right now that Benitez, like, I don't know, you got to take everything that Grey Salt Bay says. He's, you know, he's out in the summer if they don't sign Almiron, who's his target guy. Like, those were what are all the headlines that I was reading today were saying. How much truth the mirror has, I don't know. Um, but uh, there was a couple other ones that seemed credible that, uh, you know, he's pretty upset that he's not getting the backing of, of 
bringing on talent that would help them stay up. What are they, like, uh, fourth from the bottom at this point? Yeah, they're one spot above the relegation zone. Because they just beat Cardiff, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, only because they got Three the first nil. win in forever. Yeah, they beat yeah. the worst team in the Premier League. <laughs> but this is, like, the worst-kept secret ever, though. Benitez wants Almiron. He's been saying it for months. Yeah. I'm going to go with the and first. And wants to go. ATL on fire, ironclad, no can lose, 100% prediction. Almiron gone before the transfer windows open. Yeah, I think and he's so going too. to Man United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, could be. Maybe Pay Newcastle's ownership is is that bad. They're very can't. tight. Well, yeah. I guess uh, the, the owner Ash, Mike Ashley, Ashley is yeah. uh, he's trying. He's been trying to sell the team since like the fall. Yeah. And I think those negotiations have been like up and down too. On they have like the third or fourth. Can we buy them? I don't know. They have like the third or fourth highest attendance in the whole Premier League. It's a big club, right? Why you would need to be that tight is beyond me. Yeah, it's uh, they're one of those teams that has they almost have to be in the Premier League. Kicking themselves. You know, yeah. they have to be for, yeah, it's just like one of the names just has to stay up. Yeah. And it's like the what's Falcons crazy, game. they're saying that Almiron, <laughs> they've been relegated. The bid they've already made, so supposedly they came back with some second offer for Almiron after the first one yeah, they was kicked back. That that was the biggest bid they've ever made on a player for a transfer fee. Correct. Which is crazy to think for Newcastle. I mean, I that's growing right. up with Alan Shearer and the, you mm-hmm. know, I would have yeah. thought that that's, yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, they had a uh, sexy football with Rude Hulet. Rude. <laughs> right. Is Rude the one that wore the like the sunglasses? He's the one that had long dreadlocks, and he was. Oh like, no, that was Ed- like, Edgar Davids. Oh, Edgar Davids was sunglasses. Did he? And, yeah. He did the spike at one of the games too, didn't he? Yeah, they were also. Yes, he did. Yeah. He came to Atlanta United. Good call, yeah, Mikey Dobbs. How about that? <laughs> Do you think that? Uh, you know, Newcastle and Juventus have the same uniform, essentially. Do you think Almiron's confused? Could be. you think maybe he thinks he's going to play with Ronaldo? And the and black and white stripes play. are very reminiscent of the five stripes. Conspiracy theory mm-hmm. again. Well said, Check. Kevin. Yes. But is it good for true. Almiron? He shows up at Newcastle, <laughs> does his best, but soccer's a uh, team sport. No matter how good you are, they get relegated regardless. And then he's... What happens? Is that good for... Him is that good for the you know it's it's a little dicey on is it the right move? Yeah, well, most of the players have a um, part of their contract that if the team gets relegated, it activates a sales clause where they actually can get sold for much cheaper. Is yeah. that why you quit playing on our team? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the big all, brain on Dave. It's all starting to come clear to me now. Contract negotiations. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you? Uh, so, Dave, you sent this article about this kid uh, Anderson Esiadu. Mm-hmm. Is that is how you pronounce yeah, his last name? They signed in the draft. That's so yeah, draft. I did my homework on him. Uh, that's a pretty amazing story. The last pick in the super draft, the M- MLS. He's from Ghana. At- well, last pick in the first round, I think. Oh, in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the last pick in the whole draft. Oh, okay, I thought he was like the uh, Mister Irrelevant. I thought he was Mister Irrelevant in the draft, but. <laughs> uh, okay, well that's good because that means he's he because I was surprised. Like, it seemed like he's a legit uh, player from the the way they're talking about him. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the story that uh, you know his background from from that was just insane. I mean, how, you got to root for that kid. 
The story is amazing, you know. So he comes um, from Africa, and so that there was the Saint Benedict's High School in New Jersey, which is a famous high school for all sports, and they recruit everywhere. And one of their coaches, who was African, was home for break, and he was supposed to be recruiting all these, you know, high, you know, falutin, you know, things in Africa, some of the places where they congregate some of the better players, and I guess. I don't know, he got tired or whatever, and he just went to his old village, and he saw him playing in the street there, basically, and was like, forget those guys, this is the guy we want. <laughs> and so he brought him to the States, and he had been, you know, basically, um, he had been an orphan, you know, his, um, um, he'd been uh, living with his grandmother, and his grandmother ran out of money, so she kind of turned him out. Anyway, and then he comes to the United States, he's at St. Benedict's, and... Uh, I mean, one of the stories in the article said that uh, he said he his first day there, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for some place to go to the bathroom. And he was running around outside and the guy's like, no, no, don't do that. Go inside. Right. He had never used indoor plumbing before. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's nuts. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, apparently I think he became friends with a younger kid in the school that may have been like more of a junior grade. You know, he's probably trying to figure out English and the whole culture. So naturally he probably became friends with a younger kid at the school whose parents I think were pretty successful. But so it's kind of like a Michael Orr yep. uh, type of yeah, story. Uh, it's go. like you could do a whole movie on this if it goes the way it should. <laughs> right. Um, which is, yeah, which is really cool. But yeah, he ended Sweet. up, we should buy the rights. He ended up, yeah. No, right. <laughs> we should have him on. We should have There's him on. an empty on. seat over there. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Call. Yeah, I, I saw an interview of him on the, at the draft. Like oh, his energy amazing. is amazing. I, I, especially what he's only got to be like twenty years old at this point. Like, or yeah, he's twenty years old and uh, his English is fantastic. Short. I mean, he's <laughs> super pumped. I was yeah. like, all right, man. I'm like, I need whatever coffee he's got. Cause yeah, the, the article I read though, isn't he playing at a at a mid level school? No, he was and playing at UCLA. Yeah. But I oh, thought but he was before at, that. Before that, he was yeah. at a mid-level school, and he said to himself, yeah. I want to play higher level. Yep. He was at so Monmouth. I, I respect the guy. for, And he started writing coaches all over the country with his, you know, his foster parents, sort of, not, they're not his I don't actual parents, here. but <laughs> yeah. with their permission, and he just wrote a bunch of coaches and convinced them to, to take him. Awesome. Well, we'll see how that goes. In terms of other young talent, we got Carlton and Bello. Seeing Bello play for the first time, and I really know much about him until that game he came in and scored a goal. Um, I think we'll definitely obviously see a lot of minutes from him as they are going to try to balance Conquer Calf and the regular season where we'll need the depth of a Breck Shea who will probably be in the lineup quite a bit as well on that Don't side. Don't forget DDY's own Lagos Kunga. Giddy up. Who has scored a couple of phenomenal goals for Atlanta United too. That's right. The yeah, problem think, is he plays the same position as Al Marone and Barco and Pity Martinez. I, know, I was going to ask, did he play left back? Uh, good. Yeah, left back would be great. That's why we have Bello. And, and Garza has gone, so I think Bello is going to see a lot of minutes. Note to all you kids out there, if you want to play for Atlanta United, play left back. But Or right back. Right back Can't is more that, needed at this score. point, so Escobar... Got injured, and what? he'll be out for at yeah. least six, six weeks, weeks, which means at least two months minimum, right? Yeah. So injured who in the training. hell is going to play right back, right? Uh, maybe you got yourself uh, Gressel, Gressel being, the, being the chameleon that he is, but like really, there's no right back. So that's a major problem. Major problem. I agree. Um, no depth in there anymore. Is there any... Who, who plays... Is Gallagher... Is he... A, 
Uh, what about McCann? Yeah. McCann. McCann carried the load for a lot of the but season. McCann's left-footed, and he really likes to be on left side. So Is mm. Bello diverse on what side he I would have said uh, Miles, right? Miles Dave is it Miles Davis? <laughs> Giddy up. Thorn He's got a monk. sweet voice. Yeah. <laughs> and a, and a nice right foot. Yeah. John Coltrane will play yeah. right back. Uh Bello is playing out of position anyway. Yeah. From what I read about him, he's normally in the center of the field. No, he plays like an attacking outside player. Um, you're talking about there's another player who they signed, also plays for the national team, who's a third defensive midfielder, but that's not Bello. Hmm. So he's a natural left back? Yeah, I think that, or sometimes left midfield for the U.S. national team. Okay. But he plays on the left side, and he sort of overlaps, and he's a very attacking back, but he also yeah. is used to defending. So, Kevin, what do you think of Pity Martinez? Did you watch any video on him? I think he's amazing. He's a powerful player. He might be even better than Almiron. Yeah. He's a obviously a different player. I don't think he has the same pace, but I think he's much more direct and powerful. I think he's going to score more goals than Almiron. He wants to go forward and score. Yeah. I, I, I think he and, he and Martinez will be a, a force up top. Joe and Pity. I mean, Joe seriously, yeah. the Martinez bros. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, you can't make him another star. We yeah. got Martinez and Martinez. What, Let's what go. That, what is that little celebration that Almiron and right, Martinez yeah. do? Like, that's now we got Martinez and Martinez doing whatever the TV. What is yeah. that thing they no, do? They do with a it? heart. They make a heart, yeah. I think. It's yeah. a little, it a Fortnite it a heart? Thing? It's a little like, millennial for me and all that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It might have something to do with Fortnite. Fortnite? Yeah. Really? Good God. Yeah. But right. no, the, the I, video, I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to know that. How do you know this? Yeah, because I've got a thirteen-year-old, seven-year-old. Right. Yeah. Get yourself an eleven-year-old son like we have, and then you'll know. Any yeah. soccer tournament where you go with an eleven-year-old right. son, anybody scores like it's the flaw. Well, in the World Cup, some Fortnite dance. In the World Cup, right? Griezmann, oh, yeah. right? Doing the he did the uh, Fortnite dance when he scored in yeah. the World Cup, right? So well, what is go. what is Martinez new? Uh, smoke the cigarette, put it out, or what's he, what's he got going on with that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, that's the awesome Ooh, thing. That's why Joseph? he likes it here because he can get away with that shit. It's yeah. like, who's doing that, Joseph? Yeah, Joseph is, he does this little put it out. You know, after he's that a, that's not a cigarette that he's smoking. No, it's well, there's not. no. Hey, I'm not judging. <laughs> he's only doing that for recovery purposes. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, but that's legal in a lot of states now. That's so only going to endear them, them to the fans. Even also, yeah. Martinez, I don't know if you noticed, but in, in one of the games where, we, I can't remember which one it was, but we were frustrated because we were down and we it was just a horrible game. Maybe the early DC United game. Talking about one of our games? But they, they were wasting time and somebody was down milking an injury. Martinez goes all the way to midfield. He grabs the ball. He runs all the way to the... Goal while nobody's, you know, well, it's all time there, you know, the medics are on the field and the whole thing. He kicks it really hard in the goal and he does a little dance (laughs) and then he goes and grabs the ball out and he starts walking back and then he looks, he puts it down, he kicks it in again. (laughs) That guy is like, This is what I do. Let me show you. I remember what I do. I just act crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. He's totally crazy. He's a nuthatch, that one. All right. But what are you, what are your thoughts on on uh, Pity? Oh, as I a think player? you know the funny thing is he's left sided too, just like El Marone. Yeah, I, you know you can't make that up. Barco's right sided, but 
Is you know, he? Another... If, I feel like he played more left-sided than when I, I my brain seems to imagine video where he's he was right-footed. Where he was always Marco. in the left side, though. Yeah, he played on the re- left side and he likes to cut in. Yeah. But Pity Martinez is left-footed like Al Marone. Um, I mean, you, you cannot get sort yeah. of a more like-for-like player. I don't think he necessarily... You said maybe he has the same speed. I'm not sure he quite has the same speed. No, he said he does run. not have the same Oh, he doesn't yeah, have he the same doesn't, speed. He, was, he doesn't have the same pace, but... <laughs> rewind the tape. Oh, rewind the tape. Let's yeah, go back. It's, it's on record. I got your back there, Kevin. And... He definitely has more firepower. Like that was definitely a knock on Almiron. Like he had a lot of chances he missed. Yep. Um, where He's a little wild with his shooting. YouTube only tells so much truth too. I mean, it's a compilation of Pity Martinez goals. A guy I know nothing about, but his goals and the firepower <laughs> they brought. <laughs> Mikey Dobbs watched the goals and he's like, "Man, he sure can score. He yeah, sure can score. <laughs> sign him right now." Uh, so yeah, I think uh, you know. Regardless, I think. He's going to be an equal replacement of. Well, look, he's the you know he's, he's the Argentinian better. player of the year. Yeah, right. I mean, well, wasn't Almiron? And he's much as older. Well? He's twenty six. No, Almiron was not. Almiron was a he was a young, up and coming, really quality player, but he wasn't playing on the top side like Pity Martinez. Pity Martinez is captaining the top side. He's yeah. the the Argentinian player of the year. He's much more goal scorer. He's a much more seasoned player coming yeah, here. Totally. So that, that leads to a, a larger question, too, about Atlanta United. So for these two years, they've been the up-and-coming team, the young team. They win it. So Frank DeBoer comes in as the coach now. He's not developing a team. He has the racehorse. He's not got the unmolded talent that he's taking to the finish line. He has the keys. Yeah. So he's got a totally different job. Than yeah, and, and so the league same, is going to be. That's what he was saying, even in his interview, like when okay. he was at Crystal Palace, he was saying, you know, there's a lot of other things that were taking his focus away from just doing what he likes to do, which is just coach the team. When, you know, I'm, I don't know, that could be an excuse too, but like the fact that, you know, AC Milan and Crystal Palace, like we're trying to shift a lot organizationally with. I think it's Inter Milan, but. Yeah. Uh, Inter Milan, thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. You know, one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, he really failed at Inter Milan and Crystal Palace, right? And he didn't get a long run at either club, right? They basically ran him out after a series of, in one case, like five games and the other that game. That was Crystal like, Palace, yeah. Yeah, like half a season, not even. But, and, you know, but the criticism was, he's too set in his ways, wants to do what he wants to do, right? And he won't, he was unwilling to say, look, for the very beginning, I'm going to adapt my style just to get a few wins, get the club on a solid footing, and then yeah. I can implement my my larger picture style. So, the nice thing about Atlanta United is we've already got the good team. We already have a team that likes to play that style he wants. And so, you might say his one major red flag is not a problem here because... He's not going to have to adapt his style to win a few games. They're ready to play that. But is he going to pull his hair out from just the nature of the MLS sometimes? Ugh. Well, the refereeing in the MLS yes. is abysmal. Like, I thought that Tata Martino did a great job keeping his cool, but, man, watching his facial expressions on the sidelines sometimes when I'm like, oh, the MLS. like It's just like this is why I have trouble sometimes being in love with the, this league it's just like really it just has a lot i have a good friend who's a portland timbers fan and he said you know when we joined the league i was asking him about the mls and he said 
The league is getting better and better. The soccer is really good. The refereeing is trash. Yeah. That's why I'm shocked that Pity Martinez is coming here. Yeah. I mean, nothing against because of the Atlanta United. No, because of the league itself. No. I mean, I think that somebody yeah. of his caliber, I think, would be going yeah. to Europe. I agree. Well, um, he had offers in Europe. A lot of people were saying, oh, he didn't have any offers. That's not true. He clearly had offers, even in Spain and some decent clubs. Yeah. But he said that, you know, he wanted to come here. You know, I think there's I, an attraction. You know, you're, you're playing in Argentina. There's an attraction to coming to the States. It's, you know, a lot more stable. It's not yeah. as crazy. Yeah, I think that. I mean, obviously that I think it's, feedback gets back from all the guys that are from Argentina that are telling him about, yeah, I mean, there's that level of stability that's here that is way more valuable than all those other, other things, right? So I think it's Magic City. Damn. <laughs> did you see they did the they, what are they dead? It would the be trophy? the pony, but it's closed now. Right. <laughs> what's what's closed? The pony's closed. Is it really? Yeah. Apparently. When? Uh, Definitely Magic City though. Wow. Pink pony's closed. Yeah, well, um Atlanta, you know, you always gotta see changes like that. It's so sad. <laughs> so is Atlanta now that are they the shoe in to win it again next year. Well, as I say, you know, the people them. are people have been talking about, you know, how they're going to adapt the new five stripes jersey, right? You know, you like you said, Kevin, why not go ahead and put the target on the back, put a bullet, <laughs> a bullet on the, you know, on the on the back of the jersey. We could have stripes on the front and the the target on the back. <laughs> and I'm afraid that loser teams like Orlando might try to take a bite out of some of our players. Yeah. Could be like Suarez, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, the what was the transfer fee or the rumored transfer fee for Pity? Uh, Seventeen million. Seventeen million. So that's only two million more than Barco. Yep. See, that seems like a mismatch there too. But yeah, but Barco, nineteen years old, with that much talent, you're talking about if he's good, you got yeah. sell on ability. The worry about Pity Martinez from an Atlanta club is, you know, the idea is that. They're a buying club, developing and selling on. You know, he's 26, 27, something like that. You know, uh, he's right in his prime, which is great for us. Yeah. But as a sell-on, it's not as good of a yeah. commodity. Yeah, true. So, um, let's wrap this bitch up. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to be... Way to say it. There's a lot to it's be about stoked time. about. With Atlanta United, y'all can't see it, but the fire is dying down. So you it know, is. Uh, it's a, yeah, that's the signal right there. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to be stoked about with Atlanta United. Um, we just won the MLS Cup. Uh, we have the best stadium in MLS. We have the best fans uh, in terms of support at this moment in time. Um, but Kevin, what do you hate the most? about Atlanta United. What sucks the most about Atlanta United? Besides this podcast. Besides this <laughs> podcast. Which clearly is making reference. I was going to say besides the people that I sit with at the games. That's fair. That's fair game. What sucks the most about Atlanta United? The pressure is mounting. I got an example. I hate I'll help you with an ex- it'll, it'll help you. All right, so, Dave, yeah, I'm Dave, what, a is, homer. what do you hate the most about Atlanta United? The new bridge that they put over the street to have the traffic flow. They put a roof on the bridge, and then they have holes in the roof. Like, Arthur couldn't pay for a real roof. He didn't right? pay for that bridge. 
The city paved. Ah, there you oh, go. Snap. See that makes no, sense. No, the tourists we were, they you know, come, come to Atlanta out. paid for that bridge. Casim Reed. All these cities work it. It's a tourist tax, man. But yes. that means everybody. Pays we came it out of the what? final. We're like, ah, oh, get under the bridge, and then it's just got a roof with holes in it. Now you know there's a tradition for roofs that that don't work in it in Atlanta United. So. You know. I'll tell Not you what I hate. United. I'll tell you what I hate the most about Atlanta United. You want me to help you out, Kevin? Yes. Lead me off so I can like. <laughs> so yeah, I hate the way that we've taken corner kicks. Can't stand it. I think yeah. I don't know why Tata let that happen over and over and over again. Like the short corner kick to no avail was maddening to me. If it, you're listening, Frank. Frank. Practical advice. Just put it in the mixer, man. You know who does that too? And I'm with you. I hate that too. But I was watching Man City play this weekend. They do the exact same thing. Pep yeah. does it. Well, Man City might actually exactly. be able to pass it short it. and then cross it in. <laughs> hey, now. Hey. Versus, like, I, I'm okay with that if it turns into a cross and something comes of it. But over and over again, it just was a dissolved play. And if you're good at it, then great. But. We just kept with it. Where you got Barco and Almiron in the corner, and it was just like, it was almost like yeah, they're like too too nonchalant about it. There was no focus of uh, getting it into a dangerous position. I mean, you're on that side of the field. You got a corner kick. Put it in the mixer. I agree. But do we have the players? I mean, we do have the players to do. And Martinez has Martinez got big ups. Got yeah. super ups. Yep. And, and Escobar proved at the end of the season as a. Finisher at the back post. Good Lord. Larry's got big ups, So, too. Kevin, you've got <laughs> enough time now. What do you hate the most about Atlanta United? Well, if I was really going to split hairs here. Um, do, do. We need more. We need more. Uh, we need more, like, yeah. Well, it's along the same lines. We need more booty rap at halftime. <laughs> I really appreciate the... Uh, and the, on that note... Yes. <laughs> so, you're saying we need some cheerleaders. Um... But we just need a better halftime show, man. Yeah. I mean, does, you remember I mean, what goes on in the halftime in Atlanta United? Nothing. And I think as a soccer purist, that's good nothing. I like where you're going. You know, and if you go to the <laughs> Premier League, they I come wanna, out. I just want to talk about the game at halftime. So in the Premier about League, the- they come out and they put in the divots. You know, they step down the divots. Water the field. And they water the field. So, you know, let's go. So I'll Frisbee say- dogs. Frisbee Booty dog. rap. <laughs> In FL playoffs, yeah. I was noticed that they were trying to step in, and good for the the artists and all that came up with "We Ready," whatever the the which artists. I love. By we way. ready, and now everybody's stealing it. So yeah. everybody's trying to steal, but that's awesome. Like we own that shit, yeah. I, and that is a good thing that we can end this podcast on. We ready for next season? We ready? We have, we own that song. Come on, and I'm you know this we is uh, that guy made that song in two thousand two. Really? Yeah. We he can't ready. even believe his good fortune. Floor. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So I don't blame him. sitting in a bar in East Atlanta. What? Is that my song? I don't blame him for cashing in when the NFL came. Hey, can we use that for the, you know, mm-hmm. like, good for it. Good for them, yeah. But it's it's an Atlanta United song. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. My kids sing it all the time, and we're excited yeah. for the next, next season. All right, gentlemen. Well, thanks for joining this uh, inaugural podcast of atl on fire folks subscribe please we're on itunes we are on google play music and you can tell us your thoughts by going to twitter at atl on fire send us uh, your thoughts 
follow us, do all that social shit. Thanks so long. Anti-social. Ciao.